Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. It's Suzanne. I'm so thrilled to have you here at The Courage Effect today. So my guest today is a dear friend of mine who I met... Boy, I'm trying to think about how long, probably about six years ago. And she was somebody that, you know, when you meet somebody that knows at least half the city that you live in, <laughs> this is my guest. And this is somebody who I've really had so much respect for as an entrepreneur, as a very strong female leader, and somebody that also supports others in their job search, in their career change, in their lives. She really is the tide that lifts all boats. And it takes a lot of energy, time, and courage to do that. My guest today is Laura Pepping. Laura is the proud founder and president of Plum Coaching and HR Consulting, a firm that provides services related to career and job search, as well as human resources consulting. Laura's career started in higher education and pivoted to recruiting, which she did in-house at Deloitte, Pricewaterhouse, and Microsoft, where she spent 13 years focusing on recruiting, leader onboarding, and diversity and inclusion. After being laid off in 2011, Laura launched Plum as a job search coaching firm, taking what she knew about recruiting and reverse engineering it for clients. Plum is now a team of almost 20 HR consultants, career and job search coaches, and resume writers. Laura and her husband live in Seattle and have two fully launched daughters who now live in Chicago and Austin. Laura, such a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to The Courage Effect. Sure, you hear this all the time, Suzanne, but when you hear yourself being introduced, it's almost like being at your own funeral where you <laughs> someone's delivering a eulogy and you're like, well, I get to listen to that. That's pretty cool. So thank you, Suzanne. That was terrific. Well, I'm grateful we are not at a funeral. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. And it's the holiday season. Not a good time to talk about that. But I will say from the perspective of the person who's being talked about, it just feels like this beautiful opportunity to hear something that um, you wouldn't normally hear. So thank you. One of the things that really strikes me about you, I mean, so much of what you do is reinvention, right? I mean, the whole idea of helping people in new jobs, helping people to find new jobs, really reinvent themselves or to navigate their own pivots. And you started Plum based on your own pivot. But there's also the other side of that, which is, you know, there's there's the courage of finding something new that obviously takes a lot to go through that reinvention process. But there's also the courage to stay. There's also when we decide to stay, what are the terms of which we which we base that on? How do we do that in a way that is really meaningful for us? So I'd love to have a conversation with you today about staying. And, you know, that's really, I loved when we talked about this, because as you mentioned, in my line of work, it's about making a change. We do outplacement work for companies and people are having to um, make the change like I did, not because it was their decision. And on a daily basis, myself, the coaches on my team, the resume writers, they're all doing their work in service to people making this change or career pivot. And when you and I were talking about this topic, there's a whole host of people out there who are discerning 
whether making a pivot or a change makes sense. And it's okay if the answer is no. But we don't talk about that all the time because we're about change, you know, not only as a business, but I think as a culture, we're all about higher, better, stronger, faster, Wonder Woman. I mean, it's all it's all good. And it's okay if through that discernment, you decide that change is actually uh, not preferred and you want to stay put. So I love that we're talking about the courage to make the decision to stay either in a job or in a career path. So yay for us. Yay for us. Well, and that's the thing is that there's a lot like it's sexy to like reinvent, right? There's a lot of like, ooh, excitement, as you said, like innovation, disruption. Um, Yes, get all of that. But it's also you don't want to live your entire life constantly reinventing either, right? There's also the, the ability to not just like, you know, and I think about this as being an entrepreneur, not just starting a business, but keeping it going. Yes. And I also think about all of the clients that we've worked with who came to us, let's say, I'll give you an example. Um, we've had a lot, worked with a lot of people being in Seattle who have worked for, you know, cachet brands like Microsoft or Starbucks. And there's like, there's something that their, their whole being and who they are and their identity is based upon those brands. And those who lose their job really lose a part of themselves. And those who do a search out in the greater, wider marketplace or thinking about something else outside of the brand that they're working for, sometimes come to the conclusion that that cachet and that work in that job, whether it be a chief of staff or a product manager or a marketing leader, they may be in that space and realize that out in the greater, wonderful, wide world, there's nothing that appeals to them that's better than what they have. And that discernment and making the decision not to leave, for many of them, feels like failure. I know that sounds crazy, but it it does. And what I love is that... Um, the discernment process, whether it be career, job, or or uh, cachet employer, or whatever it is, that actually is just as powerful and important decision in staying as it is to leave. And that's what I love about this topic, because as I said, we never cover this, so it's it's terrific. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that when you were talking about, like you know, like job, if somebody's thinking about you know, sort of reinventing themselves or they're thinking about doing something new. What is that discernment process? What do you encourage them to to be thinking about? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like when you and I are talking, you as a coach do just like what I do <laughs> in so many respects and, and what our, our team does. So I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but to the wider audience, let me just say um, something that will sound familiar to Suzanne. First of all, you have to understand yourself and what your priorities are. What do you need? What's missing in the job you do have? What's missing in the employer that you are working for? What's usually, there's something either calling to you or missing or not fulfilling that propels you to make this inquiry. So first of all, understanding right off what's not working for you. What isn't 
What is, where are those gaps? Then making sure that you understand what actually exists in the marketplace, because we oftentimes make up these unicorn jobs yeah. where we think, oh, I'm in a job or I'm working for a company and set the grass is greener on the other side. And there must be these beautiful rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and higher, higher paid jobs and all these things, which could be. However, oftentimes the reality of what is actually out there doesn't align with what they thought was going to be out there. And so understanding what's out there is process number two. And all this, of course, is great when you do it with a coach, whether it be Plum or Suzanne or someone else. So I'm a big, big uh, believer in coaching. The next thing is you better have a good, strong message that aligns with what it is you want to do. Because if you're making that pivot and I don't understand why that pivot exists or what you've done that aligns with the job I need you to do, if I'm a decide, person that's making the decision on whether to hire you or not, whether it be a recruiter or a hiring manager, it has to be really clear to me where that overlap happens. And in our work, it's about that Venn diagram. Here's the job for those of you on radio or listening via podcast and not visualizing it. If you know a Venn diagram, it's a circle, over two circles overlapping. And one circle is the job that you want. And the other circle is you. And the center part is your messaging. And that is really the gift of what Plum does. Again, not trying to sell Plum, but that is a really critical part of this process. Well, and thank you for all of that. And I couldn't agree with you more with, you know, I mean, it's the storytelling aspect of it, right? It's a matter of, yes. of, of, of who you are, but then what is the next chapter that you want to create? Mm -hmm. And it, and let's base it on reality. Now, yeah. believe me, there are people that have come to me and they talk about this job and I just go, okay, when you find that job, I want that job. And sometimes they find it. Sometimes it's out there and it usually comes through someone they know, not something that they've seen posted. But here's the most important message. Sometimes you go through all of that all that discernment and your messaging and everything. And you go out and explore and you realize that staying is a much better decision for you. And it offers all sorts of things. And when you build your confidence around your messaging and you've done that discernment, you're staying because it's your decision, yeah. yours. And there's that's very empowering. Well, and also I, the whole idea of you can make small tweaks to stay too, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, like, as you said, maybe what are the things that aren't lighting a spark right now? How can I actually make some smaller tweaks without completely blowing things up? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We know how to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I got resume writers that can do that. <laughs> How many, I mean, and there's also, I wonder about people that, you know, get the new jobs. I mean, we've both seen this and they're like, oh God, what have I done? They started it. They're like, okay, regretting that they left the old job. Usually when I see that happening, it's because they didn't go through the full discernment process. They went with their ego. They went, oh, someone wants me. I call it being invited to the prom. You get so excited you're invited to the prom and then you forget that you actually didn't want to go with that person. And you don't do that discernment around whether that's your optimal decision. And sometimes knowing that there's a prom out there 
and that there are people interested in you gives you that flexibility to now do that exploration to see if you want to leave or have the, you know, interest in staying. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to cut to a break. I want to come back. I want to talk more about the job prom and, and when you, when you decline an invitation, uh, maybe you can share some stories about that. So sure. let's come back after a minute. This is Suzanne and the courage effect. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Suzanne from The Courage Effect. As the seasons changed, I poked into my closet and discovered how stale my wardrobe had become. Everything felt boring and I wanted something different and fresh. I grabbed my laptop and remembered armoire. Why not clothing rental? I could experiment with new styles from jeans to something fancy without spending a ton of money and buying clothes I would only wear a handful of times. Armoire makes clothing rental easy. Build a perfect seasonal wardrobe with brands that are unique, sustainably sourced, and owned by women. All you have to do is take the style quiz, select items from your personalized closet, and they will ship them straight to your door. Armoire allows me to indulge in high quality designer clothing with no guilt. They promote sustainability with fewer items ending up in the donation bag and landfill, and no dry cleaning fees. Trust me, your cramp closet and the environment will thank you. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you must try Armoire. And right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style. That's A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash the courage effect to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne and my guest today is Laura Pepping. So Laura, as we continue to talk about like the job prom, um, I know that you've had some, you've, you've had some stories as far as your larger life with um, being at Microsoft, being recruit, re-recruited. Um, if you're willing to share that, I would love to, as we talk about the courage to stay, I would love for you to sort of thread that story in. Sure. Well, I think there's there's nothing better than than having experienced something yourself and that when you work with people, you can understand where they're coming from, having been laid off, having been re-recruited, having decided to stay probably past my um, expiration date. But I was working for Microsoft for 10 years and after 10 years and a, and a variety of different managers that I didn't I didn't feel it. The gap was for me in that discernment that I felt like was having to manage up all the time, that I wasn't actually, I didn't feel like I was in a performing, I was being assessed as a performer, I was being assessed at how well I performed up. And that to me did not speak to me. So I left and, um, you know, a few months before I left, I told my husband, go get your teeth clean, go get your prescriptions filled, I'm out. So um, we did all of that. And I left. And in a very short period of time, I got a call from a friend of mine at Microsoft saying that there was this great opportunity that would allow me to pivot subject areas away from recruiting and into what we call leader onboarding. And there was a great manager named Molly. Yay. Shout out to Molly. And Molly recruited me and she told a really compelling story about her vision for what she was going to do, what my recruiting background would do for me, what my understanding of the culture of that company, what value it brought 
to that role. And I did it. I went back to Microsoft and I stayed another three years and then I was laid off. And um, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother show. Here's what I learned from that, that going back had its value as well. And I've had clients who have gone back to their previous employers after they left their um, employer and went to a new role. And some of them got laid off from that new role. And then they ended up going back to their previous employer because there was currency and value in understanding how to operate in that culture. And I say that to people all the time. And our coaches say that to people all the time that you can leave for one reason and go back for another. Well, and I also love that you're talking about the va the value, right? The value of going back or maybe even the value of staying because we do, I think when we tend to get like, like shiny new object, we, we tend to downplay the benefits of where we are. Mm -hmm. And I have another really quick story of um, a client that I was personally working with and she was absolutely determined to leave where she was. And um, we worked together, we worked together for probably eight weeks, we got her messaging really solid. Her, her confidence went up because she was telling really terrific stories of success and she was at her current employer and it was review time. And she went into her manager and she had a really compelling story to tell. And her manager said, uh, dang, you're, you're terrific and you seem to have boosted your confidence. We're going to promote you and you're going to change what is involved in the work that you do, which gave her that change of um, the content of what she was doing, the work that she was doing, and it gave her some direct reports. And so it really wasn't necessarily about switching jobs, right? It was about being recognized, having the confidence to come across to someone who sees you in a new light. So while initially it might've been the courage to leave, then it became the courage to say yes and stay. And she stayed probably another 10 years. And um, I'm still pleased to be connected with her on that old fashioned technology called Facebook. <laughs> That's great. And it, you remind me of a story. I remember a, a former colleague of mine, she used to interview, she'd go on job interviews, not looking for a job, but because she was like, well, it, it helps my skill set. It helps me to make sure that I'm able to like, you know, field questions and just communicate. But it made her feel good about herself because she was constantly finding new ways to retell her story and impress new people. And I was like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> But she loved well, it. You know, and from, it a from a recruiter's perspective, I'm like, dang, sister, you wasted their time. But yeah, in service to her really getting solid about what she does and what her successes are, that's terrific. Because unless you're being reviewed, and some of us like you and I, our review is that clients refer their friends. That's our review. But no one sits down with me and goes, okay, Laura, I hear all the things that you're doing right. Um, the only the only thing I'm really understanding is the feedback I get from my team and my, um, you know, whether our firm is doing well, my, whether my firm is doing well, but not sitting down and really assessing, which a lot of coaches I know take that time to really think about what is it that keeps me doing this? Yeah. 
what is it that I do that's different? What is it that I do that makes it fulfilling to me? And so even if you are an entrepreneur or even if you are a single uh, person entity, just remember you need to ask that of yourself all the time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. And that's one of the things, and especially now with year end, I mean, I'm going back and doing my inventory and that can be really helpful to, to look at, okay, what's the stuff that's really lighting me up now? Cause it might be different than it was a year ago. Right. And, uh, well, I'm, you are so good at that and I am so not <laughs> so bravo to you, sister. Bravo to you. Oh, thank you. I'm wondering when we, you keep, we, you know, we keep talking about discernment. So the whole idea of, you know, taking the time to really understand how do you discern whether you're you're compromising your values? You know, like if you're if you're in a situation where, you know, maybe something's just not feeling right. I mean, obviously, there's times where like the writing is on the wall very clearly if you're if you're living out of your values or if you're with an organization that is opposed to it. But I'm I'm just curious what are what are some of the questions that you have people ask so that they are being true to themselves? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, there's the very basic question, how are you feeling right now? How are things feeling? And most people are like, you know, it feels discordant. It doesn't feel right. It's pretty obvious. But, um, you know, there was a, another thought I had about another client who they said, I really like my job. I really love what I'm doing. And yet there's something calling to me and I don't know what that is. And um, that discernment work is not just about the gaps, but let's go out there and see what else is out there. And can we pinpoint what that North Star is? What is it that, not that you don't like your job, but what are you going towards? So my mantra when we work with clients is you never want to run away from something. You want to run towards something. That's why I love that idea of a North Star. Um, how do you find that North star? And there are better coaches than me that know how to do that. I'm great at job search and the tactical and yet strategic aspects of job search. But there are people like you, Suzanne, who, who people come to you all the time and go, I had a great job. I'm compensated. Well, I really like it. And yet, and yet, And so then it's like, okay, well, let's figure out where your North Star is. What is it that is attractive to you? Who has a job that that you've talked to them at a cocktail party and you went, oh, I want that job. I mean, I had my own firm for probably a good eight years and it was going really well. And someone said to me, I'm a huge Seahawks fan. And someone said to me, Russell Wilson has a company and he's looking to hire a director of recruiting. And I was like, could I, could I chuck it all? Could I chuck everything to go work for Russell Wilson? I'm glad I didn't, not because I don't like Russ. He's a good guy, even though he plays for another team. But here's what I, what I realized. That was not my North Star. Yeah. Going back, it may seem really sexy and really cool, but it really, it, when I really, really thought about it and had to execute it, there was something that was holding me back and that was telling me something. So the courage to stay doing what I was doing was the courage to forego what could be something really different and and really iffy, really chancy. And is that what I need right now? And at that point in my life, I didn't need to do that because starting my own practice was chancy enough. Yeah. Well, and it's it's making me think too when um 
so I'd moved to New York. I was there for about a year. And then I actually had an opportunity to move to London. And I, I'd always wanted to move to London even before I moved to New York. And it was so appealing because I was like, oh, London, when am I going to get a chance to do this when somebody's going to pay for me to do it and deal with all of my immigration stuff? Um, but I hadn't, I'd only been in New York a year. I was like, but this is where I want to be. And I was starting this life and, and there was just something that was telling me, like, even though that was fun and interesting, um, I, it, it, something told me that wasn't it, right? It was like, I need to stay here. I need to have more time. I need to be in it. And that was a time when saying no actually felt really good. And sometimes I would tell people that they're like, you're crazy. Why did you say no to that? I'm like, well, I, I want to stay. This, this is where I am. This is, this is what I'm feeling right now. And I think it does take courage to do that. Even when people are questioning your decision. Mm -hmm. And that that's the, those are the voices that we listen to all the time. You know, we work with recent college grads. We have three coaches who work with recent college grads and drowning out the noise of love them, but the parents and all the other people who are experts to them and trusted advisors and saying no to those things, you can graciously say no. And, and, and actually you asked me, when do you say, how do you graciously say no when someone's made you a job offer or given you an opportunity? And I think the same holds true for, um, for anything that you do. It's how you handle it. What is, what is your graciousness? What is your answer? So working with a coach or working with a trusted advisor can really give you that, that muscle to learn how to say no. Um, by the way, I always feel like saying no when I was a recruiter, candidates who said no to me in a very graceful way stayed on my I'm coming after you list. And those who didn't, I was like Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. Uh-uh, talk to, no, you're, I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> so courage and gracefulness. Well, yes, and the and the courage to, yeah, courage and grace. I like that as far as, especially when you're saying no. So that's one of my wrap-ups as we are about to wrap up. Um, like declining gracefully. Um, but the idea of, you know, taking the time to really understand yourself, do that discernment process to have an idea if it makes sense to take a leap um, and the value of both staying and going back. And I, the, but the one thing that really stays with me is, you know, you should be running towards something, not running away from it, which is such a huge thing in life and professionally. So, and Laura, I have not copyrighted that, so you can keep using it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll make sure that a link to Plum is on the website and you having been a sponsor of the show too. So appreciate that. So thank you. Wonderful to have you here. Oh my gosh. It's been a pleasure and a joy. And it feels like I'm just sitting down the hall from you and we're having a lovely coffee chat. And thank you listeners for sticking with this conversation. And I hope you have the courage to either stay, go and pursue whatever your North Star is. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Stay courageous.